0: Welcome to the 12th episode of the Passionist Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, and today I'll be joined with our team coordinator, Allison Thompson. Allison brought today's guest, Jennifer Evans. Ms. Evans is the president and CEO of Chapman Cultural Center in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Could you please introduce yourself a bit more and talk a little bit about your business?
1: Absolutely, and hello. Uh, What what an honor to be a part of this conversation. I think passion is something never take for granted. Um, I am Jennifer Evans, and I am the president and CEO of the Chapman Cultural Center. And we are the local arts agency of Spartanburg, South Carolina. And we um, are responsible for advancing and providing cultural leadership um, throughout our county to make sure that our, you know, citizens and visitors have access to the arts. As well as strengthening, developing, and promoting art, science, and the humanities. We do that through our education programs, through our grants programs. Um, We do that. We have amazing cultural facilities. The Chapman Cultural Center um, is an 87,000 square foot facility. We have eight nonprofits co located on our campus, a science uh, center with a science museum and a school for young people as well as a history museum and then we have the visual and performing arts here as well Um, our community theater our uh, professional ballet company Spartanburg Ballet our Spartanburg Philharmonic our Spartanburg Art Museum which is the only contemporary art museum in the upstate so we really our local artists guild um, trying to think if I've left anybody oh and our community theater Um, we have a non-equity community theater in Spartanburg so we're all on this campus, um, co-located to really share resources, but we own and operate the center and make sure that, you know, it functions so that these creative organizations can just really focus each day on their missions and developing, you know, artistic excellence and um, just working in their field of expertise. So, so that's what we do. We also advocate for the arts, you know, and making sure that they're, our arts education in our schools, and that the arts have proper public funding and just awareness overall of the benefits of the arts in people's lives, as well as to the social and economic fabric of all of our communities.
0: How did you get involved with the Chapman Cultural Center? And can you tell us how you ultimately became the president and the CEO?
1: Absolutely. So I got involved um, in the arts actually as a volunteer I am not an artist. I don't have, I certainly am creative as I believe that all people have some creative energy inside of them. And, um, but I grew up playing basketball and tennis. And um, thankfully my mother was a dance major in college. And my younger brother played the trumpet and is still a a great musician, plays the piano and, and trumpet. He's a hobbyist, but I still consider him so as a child, although I was very heavily involved in athletics, I was exposed to the arts um, my entire you know, childhood and growing up, and um, recognized that how valuable the arts are to individuals and the development of just the mind and the body and you know your emotional self, as well as the development of communities and how critical the arts are to the fabric of a community, from an economic development standpoint of view, as well as just quality of life. So um, got involved as a volunteer when I was 24, um, 30 years ago, and um, was invited to get involved as a volunteer board member of Ballet Sparkenberg, and got involved um, from a business side because my professional career, prior to my job that I have today, was in marketing and public relations. So I started out in office supply sales after I graduated from college um, and started went into the waste industry and architecture. But the whole time, um, as I learned about the business side of our community, I was volunteering in our community. And so my passion for the arts grew um, alongside my professional career. Um, as a volunteer so um, after about six years of serving on boards of the arts I got involved in the capital campaign and planning for the development of the new cultural facilities which is now the Chapman Cultural facilities Cultural Center so I, I got involved as a fundraiser just learned how to raise money and um, at that time I was in my early 30s I had a lot of energy um, wasn't afraid for people to say no. And, um, you know, when you ask people for money, it's their will of how they want to give their money away or spend their money. And so they're not interested at the time, you just ask if you can follow up with them another time. But that's how I got involved, really, um, getting involved as a volunteer. And then my professional background, certainly strengthened my ability to understand how to articulate the benefits of the arts to our community because of my marketing and public relations background. My last um, professional job in the for-profit sector was working for WSPA TV, which is the CBS station here in the upstate. And I managed public affairs and really be, be learned more about how the arts played a big role in our region. So Western North Carolina and the upstate of South Carolina, and Northeastern Georgia, and just, it. You know, it was just growing in my professional career, but also as a community volunteer. Um, After we built the Chapman Cultural Center and we raised $42 million, I was the chairman of that capital campaign, and we have no debt for the facility, I stepped away because I was a volunteer and did other things. And then in 2010, um, after the major financial crisis of 08, and 09, and 010, uh, the board chairman of the Chapman Cultural Center came, called me and said, Jennifer, we need your help, but we'll pay you this time. Because my work prior to was as a volunteer. And he was you know kind of joking, but he wasn't. And so I came on board as the senior officer for development raising funds. And then um, in February of 2011, Um, I became the interim president and CEO. And then in June of 2011, I became the official president and CEO. And, you know, it's just having a real passion for this facility, obviously, as the capital campaign chairman, you know, was my third child. I have two children. And this was one of the, one of my three children. I have two, like, like real people children, but this is this was my third child, so I'm very passionate about that. But I'm also, you know, my passion around building community and the arts really are a huge catalyst in building community. Um, it brings people together and it also, you know, strengthens a community and that the arts give people a voice. And um, I'm just really passionate about that. So that's how I got involved and how I got my present job. So that's what I'm doing.
0: That's amazing. Like, uh, it's just really cool to see how, in the time of need, they really needed you and you stepped up to really help out and you, you climbed the rankings just from volunteering. That's cool. And, so, like, what would you say are your values that you hold especially important to this business and its success?
1: Well, so I think that from a value standpoint of view, number one, of course, integrity. We are. Uh, working with donors every day that um, make a decision to give their charitable dollars to advance the arts and our mission and our community. And so, you know, you really have to be a good stewards of those dollars. So every decision that we make, um, integrity is critical. I would say the second um, value is teamwork. And I would say across any industry, any sector, Um, The greatest success for any company or organization is capitalizing on the strengths of a team. Um, There is nothing about the success that I have experienced in my current job, my volunteer leadership work, um, my other professional jobs uh, that I can say that I did all by myself. There were so many people around me that brought their strengths um, and experience and wisdom to whatever we were doing. So teamwork is really important to me. And I would say even especially now during COVID, I've learned how much I rely emotionally on teamwork as a leader, but also to get things done like strategically uh, and objectively in our organization. Um, I just realized how many times I turned and I was alone by myself doing my job. But I couldn't walk in the other room and go, "Let's think out loud about this. What do you think?" And this is, you know, this is what I'm working on, or what are you working on? And how can I help you? And COVID has really prevented that. So teamwork is even more valuable to me now. Um, I think probably the next. that I have grown to learn and respect even more is the value of diversity and inclusion um, in making decisions about management decisions, about the use of our resources from our grant making. Um, I feel like that if we are ever going to have an equitable and just world, that we have to include diverse people in decision making. So I have made it a top uh, priority of mine Um, since 2006. I went through the Diversity Leadership uh, Fellowship at the Riley Institute at Furman and and made a commitment to myself that I would never align myself with any organization that did not, you know, have diversity um, and inclusion as a lens of making decisions and, and advancing their mission. So yeah you know, I would say integrity, teamwork, and you know diversity inclusion are my top three values um, that's probably enough, but i I think that those are critical critical to to moving our mission forward
0: All right and we know the Chapman Culture Center is not only a museum and theater but also an organizer of community events. Could you describe some of the events you guys host?
1: Absolutely. So um, one of the ways that I met Allison was at farmwork Soaring, which is a huge international kite festival that we do annually. We, have, we couldn't do it last year because of the pandemic, but we hope to bring it back this fall uh, in October and It really is a way for people to connect culturally. Kite flying um, is something people do in every nation around the world. Um, It's a common language. You don't have to speak the same language to fly a kite. Um, It's a celebration. It's uplifting. Um, When you think of the word soaring, um, you can think of your own spirit and your joy of flying a kite, but also uplifting up our community. Um, Spartanburg is on a real rise and we have been for the last 10 years and, and so Spartanburg Soaring is something that we're really proud of and it brings people cultures from all over the world together um, in all different ages so it celebrates um, arts and cultural as well as science the science of flying and kite flying and so that's what you know Chapman Cultural Center is really about it's really bringing cultures together and celebrating cultures and then we also do something um, in our downtown cultural district. So we are responsible for uh, overseeing community vibrancy and advancing, not the only organization, but um, making sure that, that our, our, or our community um, is vibrant and, and alive, you know, not just in our traditional cultural facilities, but on the streets. So we have a, a street music program in downtown Spartanburg, um, from April to October, we actually pay musicians um, to perform in four different locations in our downtown. Not at the center of downtown, but we've spread it out. So it spreads people out to, so they'll walk around more in downtown. Um, and we pay these local musicians to, to perform on the streets Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and then Friday at lunch and Saturday at lunch. So that's really big, important part of what we do. Um, we also own the Mayfair Art Studios, and these are this was built and or we reworked with a private developer uh, to repurpose an old textile mill. And we have twenty thousand square feet with individual artist studios, and then co-work studios for dance, uh, music, uh, ceramics, and then any just kind of a workshop for glass or metal or anything you know hands-on. So. That location has first Fridays, so the first Friday of every month we have open studios, and that's a great event. Um, there are there are twenty five festivals in downtown Spartanburg a year. We are not the only organization putting on festivals. Um, so, and then we have um, then we have Art Walk Night, which is the third Thursday of every month, and that's when all the galleries are open until nine o'clock and. And we have gallery talks and refreshments. And so that's throughout downtown Spartanburg. So a lot happening all the time in the arts to to get people engaged at different levels.
0: Due to COVID, you mentioned that the Kite Festival is now closed. Has there been any festivals or events that you guys have been able to still maintain throughout COVID?
1: So by, you know, Governor Man- our Governor McMaster's mandate, we are not allowed to have more than 250 people gather at one time. So no one is hosting festivals. I do want you to know, though, that our museums are open. So our art museum, the Spartanburg Art Museum, Spartanburg History Museum, the Science Center. So we um, have been practicing all of the CDC, um, or and installing all the CDC cleaning um, protocols as well as require mask wearing in our museums and social distancing, Uh, but they are open. And um, we have held first Fridays at Mayfair Art Studios with limited um, attendance, but we are practicing social distancing. So that's been a part of it. But I'll tell you the other thing that has really transformed um, our work is that the cultural organizations in our community have really shifted to virtual programming. So, our Spartanburg Philharmonic has presented their concerts virtually, um, our Spartanburg Little Theater has presented a couple of plays, um, they're working in, they work with the schools with virtual book, uh, bringing books alive through theater, um, and it's all virtual. So. It's been really, we've done our youth art month virtually. So we're really trying to connect with people in their homes and, you know, helping people mentally survive COVID. Um, We know, the arts play a big role in mental health and all of us still need it. I, even myself, find myself extremely strained mentally by the uncertainties of COVID that still remain. But we're trying to, to do a little bit by having our museums open and and the virtual experiences.
0: So this will be my last question before I pass it on to Allison. It's how do you find ways to get the whole community involved in your events?
1: I think that what we know today, just like we are communicating, you know, on a podcast with my phone and my laptop and is that everyone gets their information in different ways. And so you have to be very strategic about who your target audience is. Ours is the general public. So our mission is to serve all of Spartanburg County and our visitors. And, and, and so we have, to be, we have to plan way ahead. We have to make sure that we use all of our social media channels. We have nine different social media outlets uh, we have to make sure that we have influencers, um, whether it's neighborhood associations, we talk to, we send them out to the neighborhood association leaders. We work through our uh, One Spartanburg, which is our area chamber of commerce and convention investors bureau. We work with our local hoteliers, the hospitality industry. There is not one silver bullet for marketing communications anymore. Um, you just really have to have a marketing strategy and a plan, and really think about all the outlets and who your target audience is. Because sometimes word of mouth is the best thing, so we have to, you know, make a few phone calls and use uh, social media. But it's it's really it's 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 hard. But you just have to plan ahead to expect a huge crowd only a couple days notice you better have a lot of influencers so we we focus really hard on getting the word out ahead of time
2: um so we we already kind of discussed this a little bit but um one thing that I've noticed and I think a lot of people have is that when schools experience you know financial problems or budget cuts typically arts are the first thing to go they're typically at the very bottom if not close to the bottom of the hierarchy of like school um facilities. So, what case would you make for schools to to further prioritize the arts?
1: Wow, that is so important. I would say, you know, in Spartanburg County, our corporations and our school boards and our superintendents, um, our arts leaders have worked together now for almost 50 years um, to make sure that every school in Spartanburg County, public and private, has um, access to the arts as part of our major leadership role. Uh, We raise funds every year to um, make sure that even Title I schools have access to the arts. Um, I think that there, I know that, there is so much research. This is not what Jennifer Evans says or the Chapman Cultural Center. There is research from Harvard and the Kennedy Center. There's research, there's so much research about the benefits of arts education in the classroom and integrating, not only academically, but emotionally. So the arts are proven to give children hope. Um, They help children have their own unique identity. You know, I mentioned in my earlier interview that that I was an athlete. And I played basketball in public schools in Indiana from the fifth grade until the 11th grade. And everything I needed was provided for me. And my brother, who was a talented musician, trumpeter, was in the marching band and the jazz band and every single thing that they needed to do, they had to raise money for They had to sell grapefruit and candy bars. And why is it that I, as an athlete, had everything provided for me? But the musician, the artist, had to raise the money for what they did. That is totally unfair to the child. I mean, every child needs an arena to be their unique and authentic self. And um, just because you're not an athlete doesn't mean that the tools that you need to be your best self should not be provided. So, but, But children don't know... they're creative or that they have an artistic talent until they're exposed to it um, until they're provided the tools in the classroom you know i was lucky that my in my home life my parents exposed me to the arts but every family doesn't have that opportunity and every community doesn't have a chapman cultural center so the schools just like in our schools you know we teach children about social studies and the globe. Well, the arts are one of the greatest ways to teach people about, you know, social studies and history and science. I mean, the entire math, mathematics can be taught through um, a mosaic. So it's just critical that the people that are making decisions understand that, first of all, every human being has a creative side. And that as we fund athletics, we should absolutely fund our arts experiences. And I, I loved being a, a basketball player, um, but because I didn't recognize my creative talents as a child, and now I know what they are. But you know, people who are making decisions need to recognize that this is part of the human makeup of every person, and we cut that out of our schools, we are cutting the opportunity for children to not recognize their own creative talents, um, but also to have hope and healing. And the other thing, I'll close by saying this, on this question, obviously you've hit a, um, a sensitive topic for me, is that so many students don't learn science and math in traditional ways, from a book or a lecture in a classroom. They can learn the theory of motion through dance. I mentioned mathematics and geometry through a mosaic project. Um, There are so many ways that you can integrate the arts into learning about science and math. And so many children have learned um, about those important, we've got to have more children with science and math, you know, knowledge, We're, we're falling behind as a nation But if they only teach them through a book, half of the population or more of children won't learn the critical um, knowledge of science and math. And so the arts are a really, really important tool to teach children non-traditional ways through that. So, of course, literacy, reading can all be, you know, learned through that. And music is proven in increasing math skills. So... I'm just saying there's a lot of research about it. So I hope that people are making decisions. will consider the research because it, it speaks loud and clear that the children, adults all need, you know, whether you're returning to learn as an adult, the arts can teach you so much. So
2: very important. Thank you for asking that important question. Yes, 100%. I think. I think you said something really important, you know, sciences and math and STEM, like it, they're not mutually exclusive. And I think it's so important that we, that we you know, promote that. Um, so one final question to kind of close it out. Um, what would you want visitors and guests at the Chapman Cultural Center? Um, what do you want them to take away from a visit there? Whether that's an event, um, the museum, the theater, what main thing do you want people to leave there with?
1: My hope is that people will visit Spartanburg and know that we are a very diverse cultural community. That it's vibrant. That you can experience the arts on a daily basis. Um, When you come to the Chapman Cultural Center, we're a we're a we're a starting point for experiencing the arts. um, But that that Spartanburg is so rich in history and culture. That we have an incredible public art program that we have a very deep history in music and dance um, and most importantly that you can find joy and hope and spark work through the arts that you you can connect with your authentic self and find things that really help you um, celebrate the creativity of others but maybe stir up your own creativity, and that you'll go home and start exploring, you know, what's in your own community and the opportunities to get involved as a volunteer or a student to learn whatever your age is. If you want to take a ceramic class or, you know, just go to the symphony more, um, but that you find hope and joy, you know, in the arts. And Spartanburg is a very unique, dynamic, um, cultural community where anyone can get involved and enjoy the arts.
0: Thank you for being on our show. I learned a lot about the Chapman Cultural Center and hope to visit one day. Honestly, the kite event sounds like a lot of fun, and now I'm going to have to put it on my bucket list. If you enjoy listening to us, consider rating and commenting on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Jennifer Evans and other passioners we have interviewed in this podcast, And to see behind the scenes of how we create each of our episodes, follow our Instagram at Passioners Podcast. Thank you, Ms. Evans, for inspiring us today. This episode is edited and produced by Mike Garcia. This episode's art is by Lana Hazyamanovic. Social media photos and descriptions are by Claire Helms. The interview was conducted by Allison Thompson and I. Allison Thompson is our team coordinator and brought today's guest. We use original music by Chiazo Agila. In the next episode, Jen will interview Joe, founder of Corsico. Passioners Podcast tells the stories of passioners and their journeys. My name is Mike Garcia. And thanks for listening. Hope you guys tune in next time.